down at the feet of you whose ground take my life I'm letting go lift it up song. What's going on here? Uh, well, we're doing it a little bit different today because we've been studying about the whole, our whole series of it's war, right? It's war. There's a battle. There's a battle going on for your mind, for your soul. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world 
but lost his soul. The, the Greek word for soul is suke. It deals with psyche, your consciousness, your mind. What would it do? The enemy doesn't care how healthy you are. The enemy actually doesn't care if you show up to church, if you praise God. He doesn't care if you read the Bible or what. But if he can mess up your mind, if he can attack your mind and attack your thoughts, he can steer the course of your whole life. He can mess things up for you. And, and so there is a battle and it's war. The Bible says the weapon are, of our warfare are not uh, carnal. In other words, we're not dealing with missiles and bullets and swords and all that type of stuff. But they're mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, thoughts, bringing every thought into captivity that doesn't bow its knee to Christ. You know, in other words, anti-Christ thoughts. Uh, 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 Christ is he was the embodiment of the Word of God. He was the Word of God made flesh. So, so any thought that is contrary to the word of God could be an anti-Christ or anti-word thought. That's the battle that we have. And really the only battle we have, we've been talking about, is, uh, comes from 1 Timothy in the New Testament. It says, fight the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because it's a fight you're going to win, right? It's a, but it is a fight. Faith is to, to believe in God. That's the, only, that's the only fight you got when you wake up in the day. Am I going to believe the word of God? Am I going to believe what God is saying? Regardless of the circumstances around me, regardless of what I see with my own natural eyes, am I still going to believe his word above everything else? And, and it is a fight. Sometimes during the day you'll waver back and forth. But fight the good fight of faith. And if you remain in faith, victory is guaranteed. Uh, we've learned in this series that he's given us armor, the armor of the Lord. Uh, we, we've studied about that in Ephesians, and really the armor is really Jesus, right? He's, he's, he, but, but Paul kind of breaks it down in the concept of armor. Uh, we, also, we also understood last week that we do have a weapon. He says, take the sword of the Spirit, and the sword of the Spirit is the rhema or spoken word of God. We're, we're to understand the graphe, we're to read the graphe, the written word of God. Sometimes it's good for us to write it down and get it in our hearts and minds. The, the logos, or the meaning of the word of God, the logic or reasoning behind the word of God, we're supposed to ingest that and comprehend that and think on that and meditate on that. But it becomes a weapon in our life. It becomes uh, available to help pull down those strongholds or those thought patterns that chronically go on in our mind, when we speak it out, when, when it becomes rhema or the spoken word of God, uh, if you were to, to uh, uh, interpret or go back and, and uh, interpret the original Greek in Ephesians 6, it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema of God, the rhema word of God, spoken word of God. So speak it out. Jesus didn't just think to the mountain. He said, speak to the mountain, be thou removed. You know, he didn't just think about cursing the fig tree. He, he spoke out the curse and cursed the fig tree, you know? So, so I hope this week that you've been taking the word of God and speaking it out. Whether you, you don't have to uh, quote scripture directly. John chapter four, verse three saith, yeah, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to do that. But if you can understand the logic or the reasoning or the meaning of the scripture and just speak it out, it becomes a very powerful tool. And then last week, I told you this week, we're gonna talk about another weapon that we have in, in our spiritual warfare. And, and it can help shape your mind. It can help change your thoughts. That's how transformation comes. Don't be conformed to the image of this world. The word conformed, it means con is Latin for with, right? Like you go out to eat Mexican food and you order chili con carne, right? Chili with meat, carne. 
or my favorite, huevos con chorizo. Eggs with chorizo sausage. Man, some good stuff, right? With, so don't be with form. Don't be with the form of this world, the thought patterns, the, 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 the formalities, the, the, the way that this world and the society thinks on everything. Why? Because it's messed up. They can't even decide what they want anyway, you know? Uh, we, we live in an age people can't even, they can't even decide what they are, you know? But he says, but be transformed. Don't be with the form of this world, but be ye transformed. In other words, the word trans means to go beyond form. Go beyond your form, your limitations, your boundaries of your simple carnal body, your fleshy body. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the Bible says. And that's what this whole warfare is. That's what faith is. That's what getting into the word is. It changes. It renews your mind. It helps you to think differently. So today we're going to talk about praise. Praise is such a powerful, powerful tool. Let me find my clicker here. Praise and worship, the power of praise, okay? The reason why we're going to do this, I'm going to go ahead and preach so that now we're going to get a chance to actually do what we preach about today, right? We sang one song, we're going to come back up and we're going to end the service with a time of praise and celebration uh, because that's exactly what praise is supposed to be, okay? Praise, now I understand we are all coming from different denominations here. We're very, you know, technically we say we're non-denominational. We're really interdenominational, in all honesty, because all of us come from all different flavors of Christianity. And that's wonderful because we bring a lot of good things together and a lot of insights and a lot of different uh, avenues and thought processes. But we also bring a lot of baggage because every denomination has a lot of hang-ups and baggage and, you know, well, these folks don't believe this, this folk, these folk over here don't believe this and, you know... These folk don't do this and do that, uh, and, and sometimes it can get really crazy. I remember there, there, was, a, there was a church, they used to call them uh, one-cuppers. I don't know if this was back in the day. They called them one-cuppers. When they did communion, well, they would only serve, because Jesus only used one cup at the Last Supper. So you have to, if you're going to do communion, you can only do one cup until, until, the, uh, 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 until the deacon came down with hepatitis, and then they decided two cups is all right. You know? It's kind of funny how, like... <laughs> You know, uh, so we all have these hangups, right? You know, that the, we, and, and yet at the same time, the Lord's trying to set us free. You know, I don't care what label you want to put on yourself. You know, I just call myself, I'm, I'm trying to be the best follower of Jesus I can be. Uh, now, if you, if, but if you feel comfortable putting a label that, well, I, you know, I grew up Methodist, or I grew up Catholic, or I grew up, what, hey, label, put whatever label you want, but let's come together and let's worship Jesus. And there is a true way, there is a true way to worship the Lord, okay? Uh, and I realize I may step on the toes of some who maybe grew up in the first church of the frigid air, okay? But, but church was never meant to be cold, dry, boring. How about that? Church was never meant to be boring. Church was meant to be alive, full of life. It doesn't mean you go nuts all the time. There are times that you sit in quiet meditation before him. But it's anything but dead. It's alive. There are times that you celebrate and worship with joy the Lord. But there is a posture. Jesus, Jesus put it this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, 
and strength, all your body, everything you got. Love the Lord with. So worship, true worship has to do with everything you got, including your bodies. Okay? I've been doing a deep dive on worship the last few weeks, and I have yet to find. I'm going to hurt somebody's feeling. I don't mean to hurt. Just understand I'm speaking the truth of love today. I, I have yet to find where the, a proper posture. Do you realize there's postures? There's physical postures of worship. And hands in pockets and arms crossed are not. I haven't found that posture anywhere in the Word of God. So when we come together, it is vital that we become alive together, right? You got to worship with your whole body. Check this out, Romans 12 and 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. What is that? That's a worship. It's a form of worship, a sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. To get your whole body into it. To, to manifest what's inside out here. Say, well, I, I'm, I worship him in my heart. Well, that's wonderful. But I need you to worship out here. Don't just worship in your heart. Worship out here. Why? Because it affects me too. Say, so what, what, what are you talking about? Let me give you just a few examples. These are just a few examples. The Bible's chock full of it. But think about it. Jericho. God told the children of Israel to walk around Jericho, the walls of Jericho, for six days. Y'all remember the story. And on the seventh day, the Lord's day, what happened? Oh, they worshiped in their heart. No, they did more than that. He commanded the priests to blow the horns and the shofars. And he said, just blow it, blow it a bunch, but then hold out a big, long note. And all those six days, he had told the children of Israel, he said, now, don't say a word. You, just, you, you, you walk, you keep your mouth shut. Woo, that'll preach right there. Half the time, half of our problem, according to the book of James, is right here. Our mouth, right? <laughs> Sometimes God has to say, shh, shh, shh. Why? Because we're going to open our mouth and we're going to complain about the problems. And what do we do? We walk round and round and round our issues, don't we? Mouthing up. And God's saying, shh, shh. Don't say a word. And then on the Lord's day, the seventh day, the day of rest, all of a sudden, God said, blow the trumpet. And when they did, the people shouted. They let out a shout. We're going to talk about that shout here in a second. They let out a shout. Y'all know the story. What happened? The walls crumbled. Maybe God is challenging some of us to stay quiet as we meditatively walk around our issue and ponder him. And then on his cue, somebody get happy and let out a shout and see if it won't impact the walls in your life, whatever your challenges, whatever, whatever you're facing, right? Solomon's temple. Solomon built this great, beautiful temple. And if you'll remember, the glory of the Lord didn't appear until the singers and musicians and the people began to praise him. And then the glory of the Lord filled the house so much, filled the temple so much, the priests couldn't even do their jobs. You know, I've been in church services like that where people worshiped so much that the Holy Spirit just told the preacher, hey, don't worry about it today. I got this. I'm, I'm going to speak it out into, into our atmosphere that I believe with all my heart that God's going to fill this church with worshipers, people who want to praise him, people who show up just to magnify him, and they're wanting to get a hold of him so bad that there's going to be some Sundays that the Holy Ghost says, Dave, take a seat. I got this. 
And through praise and worship, I've seen families put back together in the middle of praise and worship. I've seen healings, physical healings take place in the middle of praise and worship. I've seen people come to the Lord in the midst of praise and worship. Why? Because there's power. It's a powerful weapon. And it pulls down strongholds. Paul and Silas in jail. Anyone remember that story? Or let's talk, I didn't even talk about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's battle. Israel had multiple armies facing them. They were outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered. You know what King Jehoshaphat did? He didn't send in the Marines. You would think he'd send in the Marines. Why, man? Them, people, them suckers are hoorah, right? They run out of bullets, man. They'll eat your arm off if they have to, right? That's what you want. The Mar- get the Marines. No, you know what he did? He told the priests, he said, get the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence and the glory of God on earth. He said, take the presence and glory of God and get it out in front of the army. Now get all the singers and the worshipers and the musicians, get them out in front of the army. He sent the praisers out first. You know what happened? All of a sudden, the armies started fighting each other. All these armies that lined up to fight Israel, they started fighting each other. They got confused. Have you ever, has it ever dawned on you that when the enemy is is stacking the odds against you, and you're in the middle of your darkest hour, and he's had some things take place in your life that's supposed to knock you flat and supposed to fill you with discouragement. When you open your mouth and you start praising him, it can confuse the very enemy that's trying to come against you. Why? Because you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to get discouraged. You're supposed to get defeated. You're supposed to give up. And now all of a sudden, you're nope, Lord, I, things aren't going the way I want it, but I'm still going to praise you. Paul and Silas was in jail. What happened? In the darkest of jail, it's not like our jails. This was some nasty stuff. You know, they're basically thrown in, into a, a holding cell that's got, you know, human waste all around. Not only that, they'd been beaten beforehand. They'd been flogged beforehand. They got all these open wounds, and now you've got like, you know, just, you know, like the... Y'all ever been into a, 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 a truck stop bathroom? That looks like an operating room compared to like what these guys were in, right? That's how nasty these jails were. And yet in the darkest hour, in the midnight hour, they began to sing praises to God. And physically there was a change. All of a sudden an earthquake took place. The jail cell popped open. Their chains fell off. And not just their chains, but everybody that was in the jail their chains fell off. That's why I said, I need you to open your mouth, whatever's in your heart. Say, I worship them in my heart. Good, get it out of your mouth and worship them. Why? Because I need, I may have something chaining me this way. I may have something I'm struggling with. And hearing your praise may trigger something in me that sets me free. So we need each other. We need, do you realize that your praise can make a physical shift in your world? That's how powerful praise is, right? The biblical model for worship suggests a corporate or a whole group activity, right? That means we all get to come together and praise them. Don't be shy. Don't be timid. In the name of Jesus, I loose this church to lift up his name with confidence and boldness and joy and celebration. Don't be awkward. Don't feel any old way. But we're going to talk about some postures, some physical postures of praise. It has, praising him has nothing to do with entertainment, has nothing to do with show, has nothing to do with trying to be seeker-friendly, but it has everything to do with his glory, his worthiness. Is he not worthy of praise? Yes. He is. 
And we praise him on our good days, right? And we praise him on our bad days, right? Why? Because he's worthy. Why then is it that all across America we come to church and we put conditions on our praise? Say, hey, I'm going to hear to pray. Oh, they're not, I really don't care for that song. I'm not going to praise them. How is whatever song is being sung changing his worthiness? Well, I couldn't really get into worship today because, you know, my favorite singer wasn't singing. How does that change? Why, why are you putting a condition on your worship to him? Man, I will praise him no matter what. If I'm going to praise him, look, I grant it, we all have our personal taste in music, you know? Listen, I love the old hymns. Love them. I'll still put them on and worship them in my house, you know? It wouldn't hurt my feelings if we did a few around here. That's okay. I love a lot of the, pra- the modern praise and worship music, you know? And hey, I understand that... You know, man, some of these youngins, they write some praise and worship music that doesn't necessarily itch the scratch all the time. I get it, you know? I'll admit, there's some, there's some newer songs that I'm like, meh, meh. But somebody's getting something out of it. And if we're going to get together and worship, I don't care what's being played. Man, I'm, he's worthy. He's glorious. He's been good to me. I'll praise him. Man, I, if, if the only thing I have is secular music and I'm out and about and I need to praise him, man, I'll, I'll praise him to Bon Jovi. Living on a prayer, Lord, I'm praying, you know, Stevie Wonder, like a fool, I went and stayed too long, but I'm thankful that your love's still strong, ooh, Jesus, here I am, saved, healed, delivered, I'm yours, pour your spirit on me, in the name of God, come on now. You put on Snoop Dogg, I'll worship. I don't care, I'll worship it. Why? Because he is worthy. He is worthy of it. Don't put conditions on your praise. Don't show up and go, oh, not that many people showed up today. Well, he's still worthy. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There's a whole lot more than two or three here. You know? Ah, you know, that's not kind of my style of music. It's okay. What? You know, music is universal. Man, just praise him because he's worthy. Well, it's, the song doesn't lend itself to a congregational singing. Well, it's okay. Just if you can't sing along with it, just amen it. Praise him. Do something. Because he's worthy. It's not about those who are on stage or how we sound or how the mix sounds or, you know, if the drums are too loud, which, by the way, there is no such thing as <laughs> the drums are never too loud. That is a myth. Spiritual myth. Created by religion. So, y'all ready? We're going to get to participate today, and we're going to talk about some spiritual postures. If you've ever come to church and said, why are they doing that? What is going on? Why does he insist on putting up his antennas to worship God? Or what? There, it's, I, I want to show you what the Word of God says. And I'm not trying to make you worship a particular way or look a particular way. You don't have to worship God the way I do. But worship him in truth. The Bible says in spirit and in truth. It doesn't say in the spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit. It says worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, get alive. Do something with spirit. (laughs) Do it lively, but do it in truth, sincerely. You know? I, you know, we, we, can, we can get as exuberant as we want. I've seen people come in and, man, just worship God. And you think, boy, they're getting into it. 
And then by the time they get out to their car with their family, they're talking to their, their wife and kids like they're trash, you know? Well, I, I don't think the, the worship had any impact on them. So, so do it sincerely, right? Here's the first word we're going to talk about. It's going to scare some of you. Everyone say Shabbat. It means a shout praise. It means you shout. Wait a minute. I was taught you come to church. You got to be quiet. You got to be very, very respectful. I understand that. We do want to be respectful. We don't want to interrupt stuff. We don't want to distract. But sometimes, sometimes you just got to get excited and go Ric Flair, right? Woo! Right? (laughs) Sometimes God does something and you just got to, ha! Thank you. Get excited. Get some noise. The Bible told them when they were walking around Jericho, the Bible said that they shouted. They let out a war cry, you know? You ever been watching your favorite team and all of a sudden momentum shifted and they started coming back? What do you do? Woo! Yeah! What are you doing? You're letting out a Shabbat. Well, man, what better reason to get excited than about our Savior who cleansed us of our sins and has saved me and restored my mind and restored everything. Offer up a Shabbat. Check this out. Psalm 47.1. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout or Shabbat to God with the voice of triumph. In gathering church, it is very proper. If you want to, you can let out a shout when you praise. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm not trying to give you a command to do it. You do it when the Spirit hits you. If you want to, woo, glory, whatever you want to do, let it out. Get lively with it. Come alive with it. This ought to be the liveliest place in all of Viridian right here on Sunday morning. This ought to be the happiest place because we've been redeemed. We've been saved. We've been blood-bought. Psalm 145.4, one generation shall praise or shabak your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Our kids need to see us get excited about God. Our kids need to see us get excited about, but why? Because they're going to follow whatever, oh, mom and dad got excited about that? What's going on here, you know? We'll get excited about everything else in the world, but then we come to church and we're, I'm full of the joy of the Lord. The next word, everyone say Barak. That means to humbly kneel and bless the Lord. There are going to be those times that you just have to kneel down, whether you just metaphorically do it, you physically do it. There have been a lot of days in my, in my townhouse over the last 20 months, I've just knelt in his presence, I've laid down in his presence, and I've humbled myself. Why? Because it's not about us, it's about him. I know this is a hard floor, and man, most of us, our knees ain't going to like this floor. But whatever it is, at some point or another, there's a, there's a kneeling, there's a kneeling posture that takes place in worship. Psalm 103, how about this? Everyone knows this one, you know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Do you realize it's actually literally translated, Barak the Lord, O my soul. Soul, kneel down and bless him. Humble yourself before him. Why? Because it ain't about you. It's all about him. Bless his holy name. Barak the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When you humble yourself, you understand that he has loaded you with a fabulous benefit plan. You got some bennies in the Lord. How about that? What are they? You ought to, you ought to read Psalm 103. The first one is, who, who cleanses me of sins and heals my diseases. Ooh, that's something to have faith in. What's the next one? Everyone say, Yada. Yada. 
That means the antennas, the extended hand. It's an expression of gratitude, an expression of thankfulness, and most of all, surrender. It is proper if you want to in gathering church, when we're singing, when we come together to pray and to praise, if you want to raise your hands, do it. Why? Because you're saying, I surrender. Lord, I have no defenses. I'm not armed. I got nothing. I just yield to you. I'm yours. I adore you. I'm so grateful. Right? We can see it in uh, Psalm 63, 3 through 4. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands. I will yada in your name. I'm going to surrender myself to you. Now, some of us grew up in that atmosphere. Some, some of us is like, ah, I never really understood why people did it. Well, it's, it's very biblical. Here's another word for the hands. Todah. It means the raised hands. You raise them in thankfulness and gratitude and adoration. It's the same concept. But notice, yada is a bit more like this. Palms out. Whoo, I, I surrender. Lord, I've ran as far as I could. I'm tired of being a knucklehead. I give it, I give it all up to you. Todah is a bit more this gesture. It, it would be just like your, your children coming to you when they want you to pick them up. Y'all remember that? What do they do? They adored you. They wanted, they wanted you to hold them close. That's why sometimes you see people just naturally. What is that? Sometimes this is, Lord, don't, hey, you don't have to do anything for me. I'm, I'm just giving myself to you. But there's times that you worship him and you're like, Lord, I need you. Hold me. Pick me up. In gathering church, it is proper if you want to issue a toda praise. Let your palms turn inward. Everyone still with me? Yeah. You bored yet? No. I'm trying really hard. Trying to bore you. Toda, Psalm 95, one, through, uh, 1 or 2. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Oh, here's that word again. Let us shout. Shh, don't get excited in church. Talking about all that shouting. Next thing you know, people start dancing. We don't want dancing because it leads to beer, right? Or wine if you're Howard. I'm so happy, man, I'm praising God today because Howard is in flip-flops again. That's been a long time. It's been a long time. So you know life is good. Life, life is the way it should be when Howard is in flip-flops on the last day of January. Well, yeah, well, now I will say it could be snow on the ground on the last day of January. Howard will be in flip-flops. Y'all ever, y'all ever notice, y'all ever notice, and this is, it's not, a, it's not racist if you talk about your own ethnicity, right? So it's okay, because I'm going to talk about our own ethnicity. You ever notice, it can be freezing cold outside, and you run up to the store because you're like, woo, I don't want to have to get back out. I'm going to go up there and make sure we got everything, and make sure we got plenty of food. And you go up to the store, and everyone's bundled up and everything else, and there's always one white guy walking around in shorts and T-shirts and flip-flops, and just as happy as anything, just... <laughs> And that's Howard. <laughs> Howard's that one guy. And it's never any other ethnicity. It's always the white guy. I promise you that. I don't know what's wrong with us. Let us shabak or shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with 
Toda. Thanks, Lord, I thank you. Hold me. Woo! What a beautiful gesture. So look, we come in together, man, on Sunday morning. Don't hold back. Just, Lord, I need you. You know, I praise you. Even if you say, man, I don't even like the songs they're singing. I'm still going to praise you because that's how much I love you, you know. Or he may come in and go, whoa, that's my favorite song. Thank you. You know, or whatever, whatever, whatever position you got to take, just praise him. That's really the reason why we've come together. And we, we're going to find out here in a second that, man, it can shift a lot of things in your life. The, the next word, everyone say taka. Taka, it means to clap or applaud. Say, man, why are people clapping? Because sometimes you just got to issue a taka praise. That's why sometimes in between songs, when folks are awkwardly standing there, we finished the song. You know, when y'all are out there, you'll see, man, I'm just like, what up, man? I've got to praise God. <laughs> well, what, one, one thing that they would do in, in ancient times, if a, king, if a king would issue uh, a decree, he would clap at a servant, like, go, spread the message. So I decree this Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. Go, you know. I decree 50% off all laundry this Friday. Go, you know, whatever. Sometimes you got to do that with your friend. Lord, I love you. Go, get up there, get up there. I want them to hear it. Father, I need you. Hallelujah. There is nothing wrong. It is proper. You want to give them a taco prayer. You want to clap to them and applaud, you know. Man, if our boys win, start winning gold medals this Olympic, uh, um, uh, Chloe Kimball's fiance, Boone, made the, U, the, the bobsled team for the U.S. Isn't that cool? So, hey, look, look what y'all are doing. Woo! <laughs> Why? You're celebrating them. That's a, that's a big thing for his life, you know? That's a big thing for us. And when he's standing, I'm, I'm believing they're going to win the gold. When they're standing up there with the gold, you know what we'd do if we catch it on TV? We'd, woo! Why? Because we're applauding. We're celebrating. We're, we're praising them. Hey, good job. Man, what better thing to do for the Lord? Because who, who's done a better job on me and you and all of us than the Lord himself, right? So it is all right. Check, check this out. We're going to go back to Psalm 41. Oh, clap, taka, your hands, all you peeps. All you peeps. Notice, it's inclusive. You know what the Hebrew word for all means? It means all, <laughs> everyone, right? All you peoples, shout to God with the voice of triumph. Clap. There's nothing wrong. You want to clap them, give them a hand clap of praise, do it. Here's this next one. Hala, it's uh, halal. Halal. It means to celebrate extravagantly. We're, on, we're almost to the dancing part. See, Howard can't wait. He's like, man, I got my flip-flops on. I'm ready to kick it. Halal means to worship extravagantly and, and suddenly. And it's the root word of hallelujah. Hallelujah actually is transliterated. It's not even translated. It's transliterated. What does it mean? Halal, to celebrate extravagantly. Yah, the shortened ver version of Yahweh or Jehovah. God. To worship extravagantly for God. In other words, Make it big. Make your praise big. Why? Because we have a big God. Get your whole body. I want to worship you not just with my heart, but with everything in me. I'll clap. I'll raise my hands. I will sing out. I will sit in meditation. I will, I will shout at times. Why? That's why most folks, even when they just flippantly use it, like if you say, hey, 
Guess what? The pizza's here. Woo! Hallelujah. I was hungry. What is it? It's, it's a sudden, yes. Yes. That's why folks in church, sometimes they get excited and you hear them, woo, hallelujah. Why? Because, man, they're excited. If anyone's got a reason to get excited, it's us. Yeah. Folks are getting excited. Look, folks are about to get excited come next week. All the Kansas City fans are going to be excited. All the Tampa Bay fans are going to be excited. Why? Because, man, the teams are in the Super Bowl. And I'll be excited. I like watching the Super Bowl. It's good entertainment, you know? But look, as much as I love Patrick Mahomes, representing Texas Tech, representing a great state, old Patty Mahomes, no matter how many touchdowns he has thrown, has not changed one bit of my life and redeemed any of my sins. Yet no one would think anything about me getting excited about him throwing a touchdown. Tom Brady, what was he, 42? 43, 43 years old. Quarterbacking a team to the Super brand new team for him to be on. There's not one football he has deflated that has changed and restored my mind. Yet no one would think anything about me saying, Woo, squeeze that football, man. You can grip it and throw that touchdown. Right? No one think anything about it. So why would someone think I was crazy? for worshiping my God, my Savior, who, is, who has provided all things for me and changed my life. It's used this way. My praise, my halal, my, my exuberant praise shall be of you in the great assembly. So in other words, when I get together with people, man, I'm going to make my praise big. That's what the psalmist said. Make your praise big. Don't be afraid. Set yourself free today. All right, here we go. Tehila, let's all stand up. I'm almost done. I'm going to make it quick. Tehila, not tequila. <laughs> Everyone relax. Tehila. It means to sing scripture, to instruct and encourage. Sometimes you got to sing scripture out, right? Here's, a, here's a, an example. Oh, come, let us, Tehila, let us sing scripture to the Lord. Uh, we did it just today, uh, the song that JJ sang. He talked about laying his burden down. What, what was that about? Well, that's, that's taking the logos or the logic or reasoning of words that Jesus said. Hey, come all who are, heavy, uh, who are, who are weary and heavy laden, uh, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Take my, take my burden because it's light. Take my yoke because it's easy. Sometimes you gotta just sing out uh, scripture, you know, uh, uh, was it Psalm 95? Have mercy on, no, 35, Psalm 35. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Sometimes just you sing it out. When I was a kid, preachers, the group that I came from, preachers would sing out, right? They said, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Then you shall receive the gift. I said it's a gift. It's a gift. You can't buy it. You can't change it. You can't bargain for it. It's a gift. Just receive your gift. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness up in this house? Amen. Oh, thank you. Woo, say, okay, do you have to do all that to have church? <laughs> do you have to do all that to have church? No, you don't have to. But what was he doing? He was taking a rhema word. He was speaking the word of God out. And then he was making a tehillah praise out of it. 
That's double weapons. Man, that's like Jedi stuff, man, holding two lightsabers. And, and believe it or not, it can be powerful. Sometimes you need to open the Word of God. And a lot of our songs that we sing are based in, in, in the Word of God. Here's the next one. Say, tefillah. Sometimes you have to sing your prayer. Here's, here's an example. Uh, this song, this psalm is a prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner as all my fathers were. Look, that's, that's a prayer, isn't it? Right? That's a prayer. Everyone relax. Boy, y'all are, every, y'all is a lot of tensed up right now. Look, let me help you out. Sometimes say, well, I don't even know what to pray. There's some days I've had to sing my prayer. Sometimes you can just call it. Do you realize that calling out the name of Jesus can be a prayer sometime? Because when you've said Jesus, the, the, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. When you say Jesus, you've said it all. That's all you need. Sometimes you just call out his name. There are, now, there are times that I can just say, Jesus. And I get right into his presence. Sometimes I need to shift where I'm at. I need to change the atmosphere. I got to cry out to him. You can sing out as Jesus. Now, you have to understand something. Y'all about to help me out on this. I grew up in Texas, so I was exposed to all the Texas blues. But my mama was from Augusta, Georgia. And my daddy was from Charleston, South Carolina. So I also grew up with a lot of Dirty South influence, right? <laughs> Which meant I had a lot of R&B influence. So sometimes that blends together when I'm just trying to sing out to them, right? But I'm telling you, it will change the atmosphere. Y'all, we're going to do call and echo. Y'all try this real quick. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Pretty good. Try to get Jesus. 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 Come on, y'all can do it. Do it. Oh, look at the house from the dirty south. How about that? Y'all, I'm telling Jesus. Come on. Yeah, hey, look, if that don't stir your soul, your spoons fill out of your bowl. Let me tell you something. Let me explain something to you now. It's a it's this whole in, this whole entire universe is vibration. Do you realize that? Everything is vibrating. We, we talked about the techies. We were all talking about that. David had a tone, a low tone, coming through the speaker this morning before everyone was here. And we were walking around the room, and you can hear, like, the dead spots all around the room. Why? Because that tone is vibrating, right? And sometimes you get into, like, where the wave is, like, kind of going down, and you're like, ooh, I don't really hear anything here. Why? Everything is vibrating. The stage is vibrating. The seat that you've been sitting in is not solid. It's vibrating, it's vibrating at a rate that it feels solid to you. The air all around you is vibrating. This water out here is vibrating at a rate that feels like fluid, right? But if you were to slow the vibration down, cool the temperature down, what happens? It turns solid to ice. So you change the vibration, you change the nature of it. You speed the vibration up enough, what does it do? Gas. It starts evaporating. You change the vibration, you change the actual... Fit. That's why praise... What do you think is happening when you talk? You speak a rhema word. What is your vocal cords doing? So it's one thing to say, Jesus. But man, you also want to change something. What do you do? You change the... Jesus! What are you doing? Your praise can change the very vibration. Yesterday, we had a, a vibration blow through, a wind blow through. 
And it changed the atmosphere to the point I was running around in t-shirt and shorts yesterday. Isn't that wonderful? Next to the last day of January, getting to run around in shorts and t-shirt. Why? Because a vibration blew through. When you praise him, you're not just changing things in the spirit. I'm telling you, you can change your physical environment. When next time your family's tense, next time you're having division in your household, next time there's, there's awkwardness between you and your spouse, next time you have a situation at work, why don't you just try walking around and say, Jesus, Lord, I love you. Father, I need you. I speak unity in this house. I speak peace over my family. I speak blessings over my kids. I lift up my wife today, Father. I just thank you for my husband. I know he's acting like a knucklehead, but you're going to fix him. You're going to make him right, and you're going to fix me so I can love him better. Try just walking around and singing your prayer, singing your praise. And see if it won't change the very atmosphere. Well, what if nobody hears me? I can't sing. The Bible doesn't say make a beautiful noise. The Lord says make a joyful noise. Get happy about it. Yeah. Right? Here we go. Kyra. Let, let the musicians come on back up here. Kyra, there you go, Howard. Dance. Sometimes you got to dance with the one who brung you. And man, I don't know about you. I'm not going anywhere that I don't want the Lord to go with me. But it is perfectly acceptable at gathering church. You want to get happy about something? You want to cut a rug about something? Look, man, when you get happy, what do you start doing? You start celebrating. You start dancing. Have you ever gone to a, a wedding and gone to a reception and say, Woo, we're going to go celebrate this wedding. And they, there's the dance floor. And there's the DJ. And everybody's standing out there like this. And then you got to feel like this. What are y'all doing? We're, we're dancing. Yeah, it's a sixth grade Valentine's Day. But you sit there and say, what are y'all doing? We're dancing. Dancing? That's the craziest dance in the world. You know what the Hebrews would do if they came into our church house with some of us standing there? I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. Y'all remember that song? Oh, I feel like dancing. It's foolishness, I know, but when the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy like we're dancing now. That's us showing up to a wedding, standing on the dance floor saying we're dancing. In other words, worship is a posture. It's not just a matter of the heart. It's what you do with your body. It's what you do with your life. These are all proper postures to do. So, hey, guess what? You want to dance? Dance. You want to celebrate? Celebrate. You want to let our kids? Hey, kids have got enough energy. Let them dance. They know what to do. Yep. You, let, you, let, you let kids loose in, in praise and worship, they'll, immediately they'll start doing it. So check this out. Then David danced here, or he karad before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. David brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel, right? And he stripped down to his drawers. And he just had a, he mugged some priest and stole his ephod, his, his undergarment. And he danced, the Bible says, with all his might. Everything in him, man, he danced. He was sweating. He was wore out. And he showed back up. If you read the account, he showed back up into to, to his his palace and whoo man that was good and he showed up to like bless his wife and kids you know what his wife told him said I looked out there you looked ridiculous today 
And he said, I did that before the Lord. I'll be a fool for Christ. He said, you think I look ridiculous today? Wait till you see me tomorrow. Man, I'm really going to cut a rug. That's what he did. Hey, he got excited about the things of God. The last one, Zamar. Zamar. It means to strike your fingers on the strings of a musical instrument. Hey, you got any distortion going? Give me some crunch. Give me some crunch. You got your ears in. Give me some crunch. I need some distortion. I need you to wail for a second. Give your best Zeppelin or something. When JJ's up here, y'all like JJ's new guitar? It looks like Elvis's coat. I love it. When JJ is up here, he's not just up here to show off his beautiful new guitar, but he's offering up a Zamar, a praise to God on the stringed instruments. Those of you who play piano, we got a beautiful pianist right over here. What, what's happening? It's striking strings. You're playing a Zamar. When you, when you post those, those videos every Sunday, I love them. Don't stop doing it. You're offering a Zamar to God, a praise on the stringed instrument. You know, when my brother and I, back in the 80s, we actually, we, we started playing music. We were playing in church, but we started playing rock and roll. And so to keep our mama from like whooping us too bad, we started playing Christian rock and roll, right? And so and this was in the 80s, that was controversial. People say, oh, you're bringing the devil's music into the church house. But what they don't understand is this. Maybe the devil, I don't know. I don't know if the devil came up with rock and roll or not. But if he did, you remember the story of David and Goliath? The stone didn't kill David or didn't kill Goliath. David knocked him out with it. But what destroyed Goliath, if you remember, he went over and he grabbed Goliath's sword. And he picked that big old thing up and he whacked his head off. Whack! He took the sword, the weapon of the enemy, and he used it to make the enemy lose his mind. That's all we've done in the church. We've just taken the, the weapons of the enemy and we're just using it to cut off the mind of the enemy and to make a, Zo a, a, a Zomar praise to our God. Check this out. Praise him with the timbrel. What's the timbrel? That's high sounding cymbals, low sounding cymbals. It also refers to tuned drums. Woo -hoo -hoo. Glory. Praise him on some timbrel, some percussion. And dance or kara, get out and celebrate. Then it says, Zamar him with stringed instruments and flutes. What's the psalmist saying? He's saying, someone drop me a beat and start cutting a rug and wail on a guitar because I got to praise my God a little bit. Amen? Can we give him a taka, a hand clap of praise today? That's, that's your other weapon. Speak the word of God out in your life. Let it be a rhema word, but also, also begin to praise him. And don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Get lively. Say, I didn't grow up in a church like that. It's okay. It's all right. Hey, I appreciate those times that you do sit in silence before him or you do sit in awe and reverence before him. Some of the deepest, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. But then also there's a time that the Bible basically says it's time to cut a rug and get with it. So listen, I don't know if this word was used where you came from, but, but now we're, we're about to kick into some songs. And I want us as a family and as a church, and if you're watching from home, matter of fact, Bob and Carrie Kimball, if you're watching, I don't know if you're watching, but Carrie Kimball, I remember seeing video Bob showed us of Carrie laying in bed 
when, when she was in her worst time, she looked like a skeleton. Head was shaved, she had the big scar, wires coming off of her, had a trach in her mouth, in her, in her throat, couldn't talk, wasn't, wasn't very responsive to anyone. And they would put praise and worship on the screen. And she would sit there, all of a sudden her focus would come back and she would mouth the words. And they got video of her doing it. What was she doing? She was fighting, she was using her weapon. Why? Because she's a praiser at heart. And she was saying, I've got to change the very physical nature of my body right now. I'm gonna praise my way through this. I'm gonna praise my way through this. Just the other week, my girls FaceTimed with her. They were heading out to the barn to get away a little bit. My, my girls wanted to FaceTime and looked like old Carrie. Not old, I said old, O-L. Nobody, nobody get me in trouble with her. I didn't call her old. It's an old Carrie. She looked like Carrie. And she chatted for about two minutes. And oh, it was so wonderful. It did my girl so good to see her. Well, why? Man, she praised him in her darkest hour. She praised him. When my brother passed away at just 45 years old, just devastated us. I, his wife, my sister-in-law, Elaine, when we were plotting out the service, she said, said uh, put me down. I'm going to sing at this part. She, she's a praise uh, singer. My brother led praise and worship in the church. I said, Elaine, are you sure you want to do this? This is, this is your husband. This is, this is Thomas. She says, I got to. And she looked at me, big old tears coming down her face. She said, David, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm gonna make it through this next season, but if I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna do it by praising my way through it. And she got up and lifted, I've never heard her sing more beautiful. She lifted up praise to God with her husband in a casket right in front of her. And what it did, it set my mom free. My mom stood up, lifted her hands, began to weep and praise God. That whole place for an hour people began to worship God before we could go on with the rest of the funeral. Why? And it's just the way my brother would have probably wanted to orchestrate it. Why? Because even in your darkest hour, he's still worthy of praise. So I don't know what you're going through. You may have a reason to celebrate. You may be in your darkest hour, but I want you to cut loose and somebody get happy in the Lord and celebrate in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap of appreciation today. like a sunrise shatter in the dark of night your presence is a paradise to our hearts you're filling all the world with light you're making every wrong thing right you're waking up the dead to life in your
up one voice We sing and we shout for joy for us and I think it's going to be something you're going to want to praise about so this is a good moment for it so in 2019 when our church was two years old our annual budget was about $85,000 for 2020 we got together with the elder board and they approved a faith budget of $110,000 knowing that we were going to have to trust the Lord to get us to that number that we were going to be praying, that we were all going to be committed, that we were going to be working hard to get to that number. We've closed out the books, and I need to let you know that in 2020, with our $110,000 budget, our general fund giving was $155,572. Now, I stood up here in October and I told you guys that we were praying as a church and we were saving up for something do you remember what it was anybody we were saving up for a full-time pastor many of you guys probably don't realize because Dave pours so much time and energy into our community but he's worked 40 hours a week at a video editing job for another ministry here in town this whole time that he's been our senior pastor so we met with the elder board last Sunday with the proposal to hire Pastor Dave full-time that proposal was approved and this week I had the pleasure of writing him an offer letter which he signed and returned to me this morning so we have something to praise the Lord about. He has answered our prayers in a mighty way. Um, let me just close with whatever you've been doing on the giving front, don't stop. The Lord is using it. The Lord is multiplying it. And we're stepping out in faith. So I just want to praise the Lord. I want to say thanks to you guys for your generosity and your faithfulness. Keep up the good work. It's exciting to see what the Lord is bringing in the next few months.
wanna be close, close to your side. So heaven is real and death is a lie. I wanna hear voices of angels above singing as one. Holy, 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 holy God Almighty, the great I am, and who is worthy, none beside thee, God Almighty, the great I am. I want to be near. And I want to be near, near to your heart. Loving the world, late in the dark. I wanna see dry bones living again, singing as one. Hallelujah, holy, holy, God Almighty, great I. God Almighty, the great I am, the great I am, He's the great I am, I'm a mountain shake with
Father, you are worthy. You are so worthy to be praised. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, you are worthy to be praised. Say with me, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's say it again. <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Father, you are holy. You're so worthy. Worthy of a shout. Father, you're worthy of a kneel. Father, you're worthy to be, to have us pour ourselves out at your feet. Father, we come fearfully to your throne room to worship you in the way that you deserve, to honor you the best that we can in spirit and in truth. So Father, wherever we are this morning in our journey and our relationship with you, Father, I pray that we would come authentically, bring our authentic selves to the altar. Father, to say, Lord, I wanna take that next step with you, whatever it is. Yeah, Father, I was just reminded earlier this week that you don't just bring us to a moment, a moment where we realize your lordship in our lives and then you just leave us. But that's just, that's simply the beginning of a journey with you. So Father, let us continue on this journey, Lord, not just living from a singular moment in our lives where we said yes to you, but Father, that that yes would be something that reverberates and it vibrates into the rest of our lives. Amen. That it's simply the beginning of a journey, it's the beginning of a relationship. It's, a, it's the first of many yeses, thousands and millions of yeses to you. Father, Father to wake up each and every morning and say yes to you. Father, I want you today. I choose you today. Father, thank you that love is a choice. Father, you choose us. And so Lord, I'd give my, my yes to you today. We want more of you, God. Father, lift our heads this morning. Mm, let us come.
this morning was moved to move, send us out to a bunch of good close friends that I grew up with, uh, been friends with since high school. And for some reason, like Kate was talking this morning, I just felt like it ought to be something that was maybe even read here, in case somebody here wants to hear it this morning. Um, I am grateful for the love of family. My family is precious to me. I cherish my time with them, whether we are gathered in one room or spread across miles, we are always one. Being a family is not limited to relatives. Some of my distant family ties are with people I have chosen. However, I define what family means to me. I am grateful for one free uh, sharing of spiritual, emotional, physical, and material support. Today I say a prayer of thanks. I am grateful for you, dear family. Thank you for your support, for your, uh, thank you for your support, dear family. Thank you for your uh, comfort in bad. Thank you for always being there for me. May the spirit of God that lives within your heart continue to guide you. May you always feel loved and worthy. May you always know that I love you forever. Now that comes from Romans, is where it's generated from, Romans 12.10. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. So um, thank you for letting me just share that with you. Hopefully it moves somebody. I can't. Let the gates of God. 